Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the happy hour edition of the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. Oh, how about we spend a couple hours engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news, and politics, some uh, business, nature, civic engagement. We got a little bit of everything today. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with the latest news and weather, as you heard at the top of the hour. It's not, it's not good. It's not good at all. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio at Information 1000, out in your car driving around with the windows rolled up and the heater blasting, streamed live on KSO.com in some, uh, the corner of some warm office somewhere, or on the KSO mobile app, hopefully cuddled up under the covers with your mobile app. You, you can do that, and you can uh, one-touch stream this show and others, including Chad and Beth in the morning, our friends Chad and Beth, at from 5 to 8 in the AMs, and a bunch of other folks are on the, the best of talk radio in this fine community, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Remember, you can always uh, follow along live on Facebook, on the KSOO account, or on Twitter, at P. Lally Show. That's P-L-A-L-L-E-Y. There's three L's in there. Show. That's on Twitter. Dan? I'm I'm so cold. I'm so cold, man. I can't get warm. You're trying, aren't you? I am. I'm all bundled up here in the studio. And it's not even the studio's fault this time. The, you know, the, the palatial uh, studios here, the, the very comfortable and uh, uh, generally inviting studio at KSOO is on the north side of the building. And so sometimes we get a little blast, we get a little push from the wind. and it. But it's just, I haven't been able to get warm all day. It's awful. I'm, I, I, my body had switched over. Well, you know what might help you get warmer? Would you tell me something, Dan? If, if you think about being outside in the warm conditions, out on the golf course. Danish. He's a funny guy. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Oh. No, 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 no. Night putting, Danny. Yes. Putting with at the, night. With the... <laughs> 14-year-old daughter of the dean. That's awesome. You know, I did watch. Uh, we weren't on the air yesterday because uh, it was the Twins' home opener. Go Twins! Beat them Seattle Mariners, currently sitting in first place in the... Those Central Division leading Minnesota Twins. Thank you. On your home for the Minnesota Twins, uh, Information 1000 KSOO. And so we did have a show, so I got to watch the game and watch the Masters. It was awesome because it's, you know, beautiful and perfect down there in Augusta. Like groomed. Every every blade of grass is groomed. And uh, we were thinking yesterday, you know, how uh, it's, I think, uh, not 16. Uh, it's Amen Corner. It's 12 or 13. Yeah, it's 12. And they got the, uh, uh, it's par three there with the little bridge and such and the little bit of, we were thinking probably what has to happen there the week of the Masters is some dude has to get on the waiters. And go out in the pond and like hand trim the edges of the grass because it's so perfect. It's the only way you could do that. It's down a slope. So somebody was out there this morning. But it looks so, so nice. 
it made me feel almost warm. I bet there that is probably one of the most GPS mapped areas on yeah. the United States of America. <laughs> it's got to be. Uh, and so that was fun. I haven't had a chance to check in on the uh, the numbers today, catch up on the scoring. The latest I saw was like Jordan Spieth was at minus, minus six. Yeah, he was. He had five birdies in a row yesterday going in. It was amazing. And then he bogeyed 18, but still, nice little run there for Jordan Spieth. He could run away with the thing. Uh, you know, I tell you what, though. A few weeks ago, it seemed like things were warming up, and we had a couple nice days there, and I, I, I got asked to do this thing, and it's tomorrow, and normally I'm fine with it, so I'm, the, I'm riding my bike as the lead leading out this running race, 10-mile running race. Uh, it's the Chili Cheeks 10-mile, 5-mile, and 5K. It's tomorrow morning, <laughs> and... Who knew things were going to take such a turn? So I checked the weather today. It's going to be 12 degrees at 8 a.m. tomorrow. 12. 12. We'll be at Riverdale Park if you want to participate. It's not bad running in 12 degrees. You know, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. There's no wind. But, man, it's, I'm, ugh. Anyway, uh, the Chili Cheeks is tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., Riverdale Park, out on the bike trail. Uh, Then there's a Chili Feed and Awards I don't know where these awards are going to be given out, but they better be some sort of warming hut. Donations benefit the uh, Project SOS, and you can find out more about that at allsportscentral.com. I'll be there. Hope to see you all out there, all my running friends. I call them friends right now. I don't know if I'll call them friends in the morning when i got to get up and roll over there. Not good. Not good. All right, I got your leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. Rory McIlroy. Really? At minus four. Combined score of 140, but there are a few players on the course yet who could surpass that at the Masters. So where's Spieth right now? Spieth is has, um, playing 18 right now and is also at minus four for the tournament. Oh, so we went backwards a little bit today. And Patrick Reed and Mark Leishman are at minus five for the tournament. Oh, but they're still out on the course. Yes. I see. Well, which what could be really funny is that Freddie Couples Freddie! will likely make the cut. And Tiger Woods will not. Ooh, what Tiger shoot today? Oh, uh, let's see. I'll have to scroll, yeah, but I, scroll, I saw he scroll, was scroll, he was he was struggling. Scroll, because he was ten shots back of the leader Ooh. when I looked. Okay, Ouch. Tiger Woods t forty one four over par. Mm. So what's going to be the cut? And know? let's see. And What's he is on hole eight. But I imagine he's already gone. Let's see. Oh, he's got playing. 108 is his current score. So he's still got plenty of holes to oh, play yet. Okay. But Freddie Boom Boom, Freddie always makes the cut. With the Boom Boom driver, hey, plus two. Freddie. 70, 72 74 for a 146 for Freddie Couples. How about that? He's pretty old. He's in his 50s. And almost the, 60. The report I saw is that Fred Couples would tie Gary Player for the second most cuts made in tournament history at 30. Holy buckets. That's a lot. Freddie can barely walk around anymore, let alone play golf. He didn't even know what day it is. He's got so much painkiller in him. He's on PEDs. (laughs) Hey, now. Advil. (laughs) He's older than you. Come on now. I know. It's not. It's it's allowed. You can up your Advil take 200 milligrams uh, for every five years. (laughs) 
Yeah, but then you get more tolerant to that painkiller. Yeah, yeah, and I think Freddie's probably pretty tolerant at this point. Uh, we'll be watching that. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, our guests include Republican political consultant and frequent guest of the program, Tony Reese. He's back to talk about the state of the world. A Buffalo Maiden will check in from the Black Hills Bureau for Weird Friends. Thea Miller-Ryan, it's Friday, so Thea will be here from the outdoor campus, and she's warned me about something really disturbing, so I don't I don't know what it is yet. Something about zombie taxidermy or something. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say the taste of possum. Uh, well, I, ugh. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I'm scared already. And I'll have the P&L statement just after the next break. Today's topic, public input at city council. It's all the rage. That's coming up on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Get a little closer to free here on the PL statement. Oh, looking through the news today, and uh, I hit upon this topic because I've talked about this before, but it's it's uh, it's gotten new life, new life. Recently, this week, uh, because of uh, some activities activities at the Sioux Falls City Council meeting on Tuesday. So there have been and there's been some uh, comment on the radio waves here and elsewhere. And uh, at uh, from what happened Tuesday. And in truth, in truth, things have gotten things got a little more lively than normal down there at Town Hall. Carnegie Town Hall, where the council meets. Um, so this is all about the public input uh, session that, that that's at the beginning of every meeting, right? And people come up and they say, we got a pothole problem, or why the trees and the, uh, the streets and the traffic and all that. And, uh, you know, there's some regulars, uh, you know, one of whom is on this show on a regular basis, Mr. Scott Arisman of SouthDakola.com. But there's, there's several others. Uh, Bruce Danielson, uh, a compatriot of Mr. Uh, Arisman. Uh, there's Sierra, who talks about uh, various uh, issues regarding uh, life on the streets. And there's a lot of other people. But, you know, David Zakaitis has been showing up a lot, uh, which is always curious. Um, but the mayor and some counselors have wanted to get rid of the public input for a long time. And uh, former host of this program, former mayor Rick Noby, thinks it should be at the end because it gets in the way of all the business. So that's fine. That's fine. But, you know, I think that's misguided. I think they need to have public input. The point of the controversy here was an outburst by Sierra, a frequent commenter, who often tells these stories, as I said, of life on the streets, battling prostitution. And sometimes it's a bit rambling, you know. Uh, this isn't new. And yes, Sierra is unconventional in her speech and appearance. Yes, she's prone to grand gesture rather than measured delivery. This is true. But she's passionate and apparently knows a lot about what's happening in the underbelly of Sioux Falls. In this case, 
she made some inflammatory accusations against the management of our police department. Are they true? I have no idea. I suspect what she sees as mismanagement or corruption is the police department's priorities in terms of crime. Maybe they're not responding to her as quickly or as vociferously as she would like. That's fine. Those are choices that have to be made. But she also may have a point, and it's not to be brushed aside. I couldn't, I was watching this in replay, okay? I'll admit that. I wasn't sitting there live, but I was watching the broadcast. And I couldn't see on the broadcast, but apparently the mayor or somebody was laughing when she was talking or smiling or some some degree of not being stern enough for her taste. And I have no idea. But Sierra thought these people were smiling or laughing or whatever, and she said so. Then after she stepped away, the mayor decided to respond to her comments, which that's, I don't want to say it's not allowed. He's the mayor, and it, you know he's chairing the meeting to some measure, but it is general practice not to respond. And when he started to talk, Teresa Staley got all up in his grill and uh, said she wanted, she made it, was trying to make a point of order. And she asked for, made a motion to have a vote on whether or not the mayor could talk. Didn't get a second, died. And at that point, there's shouting going on in the back of the room, right? And it's Sierra and she's shouting obscenities and she has done this before. She has used bad language and she shouldn't do that. Okay. And you can hear it. And then the audio feed on the broadcast goes out. So I don't even know what she said, but I've seen reports of it. And it's not stuff you want to be saying in a public meeting. And let me be clear about this. She shouldn't do that. She should not do that. She's blown up before and she shouldn't do it, period. That said, the mayor should not have stepped out of protocol to respond either. He should have just sat there. And I know he's getting to the end of his term and maybe he's had it up to the up to his eyeballs with these people. I can understand that. But she made big statements. All right. That's it. It is, in fact, free speech. It is the absolute essence of free speech. Redressing your grievances. Public input can be painful to watch. It's led to people publicly calling the commenters kooks and wackadoos. That's what's happening this week. They're not kooks and wackadoos, all right? And I think that sort of characterization is dangerous because it it marginalizes people that you necessarily may not agree with. And why you, you do get to decide if somebody, you know, why? Why do you get to decide if somebody is a kook or a wackadoo? What's the difference between a kook and a concerned citizen? Is it uh, demeanor? Is it appearance? Is it, if, if somebody had gotten up there and made the same allegations in much more measured tones, would we have taken it more seriously? Maybe. I don't call people names, and I even if I disagree with them. For instance, I believe that Neil Tapio, House, U.S. House candidate and state senator Neil Tapio's rampant Islamophobia is repugnant, and I've said it so many times. But I've also said you can't muzzle him in the public arena. With respect to Neil... It's my hope that the people of South Dakota will reject these notions, but I've never called him a kook. I've bit my tongue a few times. If you can't take listening to citizens give their opinions for 30 or 45 minutes, don't run for office. Don't try and be on the council. Don't try and be mayor. 
If that's the worst thing that happens to you in the public arena that day, you probably come off pretty well. If you don't want people to speak out in a public forum, under the protections of a free society, you may need to reread your civics text. Free speech can be painful. It can be aggravating, hard to watch. It can be revolting. But it cannot be stifled. Sierra shouldn't use that language. And at some measure, because she did that, I think that she can be um, you know, barred. I don't know what you would call it. But she disrupted the public meeting, and I think that's different. When you have to be removed, that's different. But that shouldn't reflect on everybody else who you may not agree with, who gets up there and gives their opinions on different issues. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. You can agree or disagree with me, and I hope you will, by sending me an email, patrick at ksoo.com. You can communicate with us on Twitter at Pilali Show, through the Facebooks, live, however you choose. But we we'll always love to hear from you. Coming up after the break, the Buffalo Maidens in for weird friends. Up next is Dan Peters with News and Weather. And then we'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we're very happy to have on the line, as we do most Fridays, from the beautiful Black Hills, Custer, more specifically, beautiful downtown Custer, the Buffalo Maiden. Buffalo okay. Maiden, thanks for taking some time for us. It, it's so beautiful because, you know, you know, like that first snowstorm of the year that you just get so excited about? Yeah. That's what it looks like right now. It's just so exciting to have that. <laughs> I'm glad you've, you've taken such an optimistic view on these things. Oh, it's just beautiful, and I just love how everybody uh, comments, it's going to be so green in the summer. Um, <laughs> Is it? I just, I have no idea. I don't know if it's ever going to get green. I did uh, drive to Custer State Park because, you know, we had a little bit of a fire out there. Yeah, um, yeah. How's and recovery? And we drove through on Easter. Uh, it's not green, uh, and it's, it's burnt, man. It is mm. really I shouldn't say this on the radio because people people should come and gawk at it and look at it because that will be exciting. Um, but the animals are uh, incredible. I mean, we saw two baby uh, bison. Oh, cool. Uh, cinnamons, they call them. And huge herd, which is still kind of around the corrals. And then um, a huge herd of elk, which that's exciting. I didn't see any big bulls. but um, And then the pronghorns are everywhere. Oh, really? That was amazing. Uh, the donkeys are not obviously releasing out into the wild yet, but they're they're there. But out, they're just kind of keeping an eye on them. Out into the wild. That's funny. Out into the wild. <laughs> into the wild fenced in Custer State Park. Yeah. Which is, was their demise in the beginning. Mm. But no, the parks, the parks, uh, they're trying to get it logged. I don't think they're going to get it all logged, but it is, um, there's some serious, it's, it's kind of unique because there's some areas that I don't remember because I'm sure it was all behind the trees were all over it, but yeah. um, there's some really rocky areas out there. <laughs> Turns out there's <laughs> rocks in Custer State Park. I yeah, it's not interesting. It's <laughs> shocking to me. I know. I mean, rocky, like, you know, like totally covered. So anyway, that's what that's what's happening in the park. It's beautiful. I should be there instead yeah. of here. We you keep, should. We say that every week, though, and then it never happens. So 
It doesn't, but we're going to get that radio show over on this side because there's way more interesting things happening. Like we have LunaFest here tomorrow. What's a LunaFest? Uh, in Custer. Okay, so you know Cliff Bars, and then you know the Luna Bars, which oh, yeah. are for women. So the Luna, the woman that started Luna Bars or, or and Cliff Bars, she supports women in film. And so since 2000, they have been doing, I, I don't remember how many, um, like 400 films um, that they show. They, they support these uh, women filmmakers, and then they do a series of them, and they promote it throughout the country. And Custer, from what I understand, is one of the only cities in the state that, that hosts this LunaFest. Well, I've never heard of it so, before, so it probably is the only city in the state that hosts it. Yeah, and then it's interesting because it's 100% of the proce- uh, profits go for donations, and they usually support groups like, uh, you know, uh, women organizations, obviously. Um, like locally, they're going to do Weave. Uh, they, they do the storehouse. They do different things that, you know, are charities. And all the, the donations go towards that. Well, that's but cool. But it's... it's yeah, it's really a unique situation, and it's, the films are phenomenal. They're not—they're all short films, and they're all done by um, really well-known artists, and and you'll recognize the actors and actresses in it in the films. Um, That's cool. Yeah, what, yeah, oh, we minute. have something great happening. Does Custer have a theater? Do we have a theater? Yeah. Um, no, no, <laughs> it'll be at the high school. We, used to, oh, we well, okay. we do have a theater, but it's a pizza place now. Because <laughs> isn't that the next step for every theater? Yeah. So they but show at least them at, at the our school. old theater, you can have beer and wine. <laughs> I guess your theater, you can't do it at one of your theaters. No, no, you know why? Because there's a video arcade in the mall. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention that well, there's you, a casino across the hall. Well, or like out here in Rapid City where there is a adult store right next to a Taekwondo uh, um, yeah. place. So, um, but, you know, they said that that was okay. Well, so they tried to shut We're a little bit more liberal on this side of the state. Yeah, that's it. They're more, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> We're more liberal. In fact, you know, a former resident of Custer, I, have you heard of the book, the, A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo? Oh, yes. Yes. This is awesome. So the writer of that is from Custer. She's and a former res- resident of Custer. Her That's, dad used to work for the Forest Service. Well, he used to run the Forest Service out here. And she wrote this book that was a, a parody of uh, the book that uh, Vice President Michael Pence's uh, wife wrote about their bunny. And yeah. <laughs> only, oh, and this woman, I can't remember her name, but she works for, uh, uh, the not the John Stewart show, the, uh, the Oliver show she, on HBO. Right, right. She, wor- she works for the la- last week tonight. Yes. And it's, it's, but I think uh, it was Pence's daughter that wrote the book, daughter. the original book. Okay, whatever. But and Twist's book has a twist on it, so you tell <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I just have heard about this book. Like, the bunny is is a uh, LGBTQ of some some measure, right? Is that the bunny pr- um, lives in the home of Grandpa, uh, Vice President Mike Pence, but he's lonely, so one morning he goes out and he meets uh, Wesley. <laughs> And they decide that they need to get married and spend the rest of their lives together, which all their friends support except for one, <laughs> one, uh, I can't remember how they called it. Um, uh, but anyways, so they, and a stink bug is what they refer to. Uh-huh. But all the other friends support and they decide they take a vote and they, um, uh, they win. And so they end up getting married with all their friends in attendance. It's, uh, she's doing quite well with her little book, her little parody book, isn't she? Um, she sold out. What did they say? Uh, Amazon. It was the number one book, an ebook on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, the next day, 
and I think they're backordered over a couple hundred thousand copies right now. But she was a Custer resident. I did not know that. You must see, there's a lot of liberal talent that comes out of Custer, so maybe you should come to this side of the state. <laughs> I, what are you trying to say? I I just, you know, I am a no agenda. This is no agenda radio. What no. am I trying to say? Your side of the state, you guys are, well, first of all, um, you're shutting down, like, major, uh, you know, department stores. You guys, I don't know, everybody's <laughs> afraid to go that. out because the crime level's getting so high, or no, what's going no, on no, over no. there? Don't believe the hype. Do not believe the crime <laughs> hype. Uh, okay, uh, okay. Yonkers is closing, but that, I mean, that we didn't do that. You know what I mean? It might stay uh, open, apparently, but we didn't close Yonkers. It, it's a, that's an Iowa thing. They're Iowa people, and so, you know, it's, I was going to say gonna something. They're going to just shut some things down? <laughs> I, I don't know. But, the, you know, department stores come Yonkers, and go, Yonkers, right? though, that was the one last thing that I remember as a little girl going to the Peacock Room. Did yes. you ever eat there with your mother? With my, my grandmother. My grandmother took me to that little restaurant, and we had, uh, first time I'd ever had real French onion soup. Yeah. It was good. I remember how sweet and, those, and the ladies that worked there, you know, they they were all your grandmothers that were working there. Yeah. It was fabulous. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the one last thing that was going on. But now it's all about new construction and new this. And, man, it's going crazy in Sioux Falls, you yeah. guys. We're, we're growing all right. Uh, 5,000 a year. Uh, uh, Buffalo Maiden, uh, plug the yeah. restaurant. Plug your restaurant. Um, Sage Creek Grill, which we're open all year round in downtown Sage Creek. Our downtown Custer, there's not very many people around, but we're open. Well, now's the time to go. <laughs> yeah, people, you can get in. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have we to don't wait even in line. take reservations. No. <laughs> so. Buffalo Maiden, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next okay. week. All right. See ya. Coming up after the break, Thea Miller Ryan of the Outdoor Campus is here. She's got something to scare me with. I don't even know what it is. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> Three forty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and we are joined. I don't even know how I'm going to get into this. <laughs> this is disturbing on ways that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, first of all, Thea Miller Ryan from the Outdoor Campus is here, and um, I don't. We have a fetal fawn. We've. This is okay. You you can go on our Twitter feed and see it. All right, there's a picture of us on there with the fetal fawn. This is a. I'm afraid to even tell people what this is. <laughs> you warned me you were bringing something disturbing, and it, now it's staring at me. <laughs> it, it's this, it, it's a taxidermied fetal fawn, which means it it was. T- what. Why did you bring in? The, why is this here, Thea? You, would you tell? I don't even know how to say it, explain it. The shock value. It's it. shocking. Shocking. And it's no. staring at me. Here, we can turn it. Oh, there, there, it's looking better. away. Okay. Oh, I feel better now. What? What is uh, this? What is this thing? And why do you? Well, it is. It is a fetal fawn. It was um, never born, but very close to being born. Its mother was hit on the highway, and someone brought it into us because they thought we could use it. Well. Who thinks that? <laughs> First people. of all, <laughs> right. I mean, who thinks? Oh my gosh, what a ho- what a horrific scene I've come across. Here's the fetus of a fawn. Yes, and 
I know what I'll do. <laughs> I'll bring it to Thea. <laughs> I'll bring it to Thea. <laughs> Please don't do that. Don't encourage people to bring me things. But <laughs> Outdoor campus, trails, fishing, lessons, and roadkill. No. <laughs> Unborn roadkill. Unborn roadkill. Um, but the joke was kind of on them because we did decide to taxidermy it. It is not taxidermied for um, its beauty, definitely, as you can see. Yeah. And as people will see on your Twitter feed. Um, it's taxidermied so we can teach people how to uh, collar fawns after they're born. We do a radio collar um, to track them through their lifetime. And eventually the collar just wears off and and falls off. But we are able to track the deer for quite a while. So. I got to get this on Facebook Live. There it is. <laughs> I got the angle it? right. If you're on yes. Facebook Live, that is not a live deer <laughs> fawn. <Huh>. Ah! <laughs> it's moving. Right. Um, well, the reason I brought it here. <laughs> it's not moving. Don't say that. <laughs> the reason I brought it here is because um, we've started getting phone calls in our office um, and having just people drop by with baby animals. Mm-hmm. Tis the season. Yep. Even though it's snowing, the animals still go by this little calendar that's in their heads. And uh, baby animals are starting to be born, and people are bringing them in. And the really? message they bring them to you. Oh yeah, I know. Why do people think? Let's bring this to Thea. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, bringing in the dead one or bringing in the live ones. <laughs> oh, definitely the live ones. Okay. I'd rather have a dead one anytime. Um, the live ones are heartbreaking because um, you know when you first of all when you touch a baby mammal, you basically sentence it to death. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you pick up a fawn or you pick up a bunny, that mom is not going to take it back because mammals can smell and they know that you've been messing with it and they'll reject it. Ah. Yeah, that's not true with birds. Birds don't smell. Birds in North America don't have um, good noses. Um, So they you can pick up a baby bird and put it back in a nest. Really? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I would have thought it was the same thing. No. Nope, That's interesting. They can't. Now, if it's a tropical bird somewhere oh, really? else, they smell, they can smell really well. But um, birds in North America mostly can't smell. So you can pick them up, put them back in the nest, or get them out of the way of your dog or your yard or whatever you need to do. Um, but baby mammals, sadly, when you touch them, they're, they're, that ends their life. So... What sorts of things are people bringing in? Bunnies, probably. Um, yeah, we ha- haven't gotten bunnies. We've got calls about bunnies, but um, we've had a we've had birds, um, mostly turtles this week, and <laughs> turtles. Yeah, well, yeah. leave the turtles alone, right? I They're know. fine. If you care, leave it there. If you care, leave it there. <laughs> That's right. I That's can't a- say it enough. Um, and you know, if you pick up a turtle um, this summer and you decide to keep it for a while with your kids, be sure before it's winter you put it back outside. Um, first of all, by keeping it, you're going to teach it that people give it food. And so it, when it does get put back outside, um, it's not going to be able to find food. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know how. It thinks humans are food. And uh, it won't know what its predators are. That's the same thing with any baby animal. If you um, keep it even for a little while, it will imprint on you and um, it won't do well. So turtles, uh, Mm -hmm. now turtles carry some things as well. Yeah, salmonella. I heard this just recently, salmonella. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, I remember getting those little turtles at like Walgreens or Walworth. Yeah. Woolworths. Woolworths. Woolworths, yeah. You could get them really cheap and they're about the size of a quarter. Yes, exactly. Um, but so many people got sick from those that that's why they don't sell those anymore. 
So what kind of turtles are people bringing you? They must be painted turtles. Um, I get painted turtles, and I also this week got a snapping turtle. And it was a sad case because the snapping turtle didn't eat the right food. The, the people who kept it, they fed it for seven years. You're kidding me. How no. big? It, th- that thing would take your finger off. You would think, but it was tiny. Seven oh. years old, didn't eat the right amount of food. And when I picked it up, its shell was soft. It You could squish right through it. Oh. So they just found this. You see them on the side of the mm-hmm. bike trail and stuff yeah. when they hatch. Yeah. So they found one of these and they just kept took it in it a bucket for seven years. Seven years? Mm-hmm. And what do you do then? You have to like put the turtle down? Well, that was our choice. We had to make a terrible choice this week. I could decide that I could um, put the turtle down or I could put it outside and it would be food for one of the, we have a great blue heron that sits Mm -hmm. right outside our door and loves treats. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, and and it, a raccoon would eat it. There's a lot of things that would eat it. What'd you do? Um, we chose, we, we kind of had a little vote in our office yeah. and it's the most terrible thing, but we chose to put it outside and let it be lunch for someone else. Thea Miller-Ryan, managing our wildlife in the city, <laughs> uh, executive director of the outdoor campus here uh, most Fridays. Thea, thanks for coming in. Thank you for the time. Take that thing with you. I will. <laughs> we'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Speaking of guitars, tomorrow night you're going to want to go to this the Bash for Cash at the L Ride Shrine featuring Arlie's All Stars. Arlie's All Stars. They've been going about forty years. The Massive Attack Brass Horns and the Hag Brothers fighting cancer one patient at a time. This is a big fundraiser for the Edith Sanford Breast Foundation. Tickets are 20 bucks. Doors open at 6.30. Music starts at 7.30. For ticket information, 336-1117. Coming up after the break and the weather and the news with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to talk with Tony Reese. He's a GOP political consultant. We're going to talk politics on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four oh seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O. And we are very pleased to have in the studio with us today on this fine Friday afternoon. And what better way? What better way to end the week than a rousing conversation about the state of politics with Tony Reese? Tony, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday. Uh, yeah. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's it's, the, uh, it's it's early April, and we're both dressed like it's January. See, I was very excited because Tony, when he comes to the program, you're on periodically. Yeah. And normally, you wear something of a dashing sweater. That's true. And you're not wearing the dashing sweater today. No, I'm not. I've got a Kenny Bungport Maine sweatshirt on underneath Just my down jacket. Completely <laughs> hunkered down. <laughs> trying to survive yet another beautiful Friday spring day in the best little city in America. Uh, but when Tony's on, what do we call you? We call you a uh, Republican political consultant. Yeah, a consultant, analyst, cotton analyst. candy enthusiast, which yeah. I did not bring this time. Uh, um, you were going to bring me the I know. Trump hair. I, I, thought about, <laughs> I thought about it too yesterday on my drive. I was like, 
I never ordered the cotton candy. Oh, which man. Is just, well, uh, that gives us something to talk about next time. That's y'all. true. We, <laughs> we really, honestly, you, you need to do this. You need to find some selection, and, and we'll have like a, a cotton candy taste testing on the radio. That'll be perfect. Reviews. Absolutely. With starting or maybe ending with the Trump hair cotton candy. Of course. Which you should probably remind people what the because it's funny. <laughs> what there, is the Trump hair cotton? The candy? The Trump hair cotton candy is actually it's a tub of cotton candy that I swear to you looks just like the president's hair. <laughs> um, I imagine that the president's hair does not have a nice butterscotch taste to it. But, <laughs> but if uh, you were gonna pick, but if you're gonna pick, I would choose butterscotch for <laughs> this particular president. Um, but yeah, so there's a a, a place in uh, some place in Iowa that uh, makes. Uh, a craft cotton candy, I guess, is the best way to describe craft, it. it. Well, you've craft got craft brewers. cocktails, craft beers. Now you've got craft cotton candy. Um, it's uh, it's amazing. I'm hoping that's and waiting perfect. for the for the time though where they start to make craft peeps. Oh uh, man, that's disgusting. <laughs> I am. Do you uh, see somebody made peep beer? I did not see that. No. Would that be something you would be interested in? No. I see. I'm I'm, I'm peculiar about my peeps. They, <laughs> they can only be yellow or pink. Yeah. Chicks. Ah. So uh, that's the proper ratio of mushy marshmallow, whatever that is, to crusty outer, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. See, you're absolutely right. The it's a perfect ratio of the of the the soft sugar to the granulated sugar somehow <laughs> adhered to a and shaped into a small chicken. It's sort of like uh, with Reese's peanut butter cups. Like you get the giant Reese's peanut butter cup, it's not right. No. Get the minis, they're fine, but they're not, that's not the proper ratio of peanut butter to chocolate. No, you're absolutely right. Ratios are everything when it comes to food, really. Absolutely. Did you, are you old enough to remember the uh, really wacky Reese's commercials where the, you know, that somebody would be roller skating down the sidewalk and somebody else would be, and they'd be eating a chocolate bar and somebody would be walking down the other way on the sidewalk eating out of a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember them. I've got a, 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 a better memory of the uh, Halloween ones with the vampire, and there's a, a flash of lightning, and then the peanut butter cup with the two holes in it with the vampire <laughs> just come to get it. So I, I remember more fondly the Halloween uh, ads for that particular chocolate bar, but uh, vaguely remember the how did chocolate uh, and peanut butter yes. meet. You got chocolate and my peanut butter. Hey, you uh, got peanut butter and my chocolate. <laughs> Now that we've done an ad for Reese's, <laughs> I will say the same thing. The same concept holds true for a twin bing, though. There you go, a regional candy. Yeah, the twin bing go. down there in Sioux City. Yeah, it's like the it's like oatmeal and cherry, or isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> it's like no, it's there's a cherry center, the chewy cherry center, and a kind of a chocolate mash peanut. It's like nuts. You know where the best place to get candy though is? What's that? Get really interesting hardware stores. A hardware store. So they, they've been there about three, four years. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the first place. That, you know, the salt and nut roll. They had the pecan nut roll for a while. Yeah. Um, mm. Only saw it at hardware stores. So I, don't, I guess I don't know if it was old or new, uh, but it was really good. Uh, with that, we're going to take a very <laughs> short break, and we're going to come back and talk more with Tony Reese. He is a Republican political consultant and regular guest on the Patrick Lally program. We're actually going to talk about politics here in just a moment because you've got a you've got a poll. I do have a poll. Poll in the governor's race. Absolutely. How's that for tease to keep him keep him across the commercial break? Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO.
417 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. I could never pretend that I don't love you. You could never pretend that I'm your man. That's exactly the way that I want it. It's exactly the way that I And we're here with Tony Reese, continuing our conversation on politics and the state of the world. And I promised you that Tony brought news. Here it comes. There we go. It's fresh <laughs> off the presses. Fresh off the presses. Uh, uh, brought to you with, uh, introduced by Trampled by Turtles, who have nothing to do with your news. <laughs> no, but, they, they, but you have some news in the Republican primary for governor of South Dakota. That is correct. Uh, before heading over, I uh, did my obligatory check of uh, South Dakota's blogosphere. Yes. Uh, noticed on Dakota War College, uh, a right-leaning... A political blog here in the state. Frequent guest on this program, Pat Powers. Pat Powers, good guy. Uh, he's got a press release um, where a gentleman named Kyle Robertson, who's president of Rockbridge Strategy, I've not heard of them, has got a poll that was conducted by Advantage Incorporated. I know nothing about them, but <laughs> the, the very uh, reputable poll. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure it is. I'm just. I'm just. I, I, I'm laying it out there that I, I'm right. not connected to this at making all. Making the caveats. Nobody, making the caveats. Um, that uh, Congresswoman Nome leads in the go- governor's uh, primary uh, by 11 points over uh, A.G. Jackley. We got any plus or minus on that? We got any of the data? It's got any a of the cross-tabs? Uh, 95% confidence interval, 2.9% margin of error. Um, it says Nome leads 44-33. There are 23% who remain undecided. Among the undecided voters, 68% have a favorable view of the president. And uh, this press release goes to say that it bodes well for Nome, as she's doing particularly well among pro-Trump voters, earning 51% to Jackley's 27, which is a 24-point advantage. So um, uh, what, what did it say in terms of uh, presidential approval among Republican voters? Among the undecideds oh, okay. in this particular poll, 68%. Got it. Did Which, it say what the overall approval rate among Republicans in South Dakota in this poll? It did not. Because oh, that, that would be an interesting number. That would well. be an interesting number, but I would they probably guess it is probably someplace in the 60s. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's 11 points, 2.9, you know, so that's a, it's a significant margin, but certainly at this point, not any insurmountable lead. No, no, but I think it's going to, you know, point to just, uh, you know how active uh, the campaign is is going to become here very shortly because there's not that much time left between now and the primary, um, but certainly not an insurmountable lead. But uh, I'm pretty sure that the going into the weekend, the uh, the gnome folks have got to be feeling pretty good at this point. Now we don't know who paid for the bowl, right? That is correct. So if uh, and I don't know who uh, who Pat is uh, backing in this deal. If somebody might have leaked that to him, I don't know. Yeah. You don't know. It's not. You know, well, just, again, caveats. Right. That's well, all we're saying. Uh, Pat does add okay. a note to the top of the release. He continues. Came, he, well, yes, he goes, this is a quote from Pat Powers. I just received this press release in my inbox. Interesting. I'm not familiar with the polling firm, but we can add them to the list of political prognosticators. Uh-huh. Signed, PP. It's quite possible that neither of the campaigns paid for this poll. It could be somebody. Could be. Yeah. In, an interested third party. Absolutely, it could be. Yeah, so it's um, interesting news. Uh, like I said, I think the Gnome folks are going to be feeling pretty good leading into the weekend. Um, I don't think you know that they're going to get too comfortable with that with that lead. Uh, having watched you know the Gnome camp- campaign in years past when she um, you know defeated a 
pretty wide field of extremely qualified mm-hmm. candidates for the House race and then went on in 2010 to beat uh, Congresswoman uh, Hersa Sandlin. Um, you know, they'll be continuing to campaign like they're five points down and within that margin error to, to, to eke out ahead. And and the Jackley folks are going to be doing the same thing, too. We've got two very, very strong campaigns uh, going into the governor's uh, primary here. Spoken like a true Republican political consultant. But that's <laughs> that's fine. That's why we have you on the show. Um, the uh, uh, what's your what is your sense? Do you, does that seem right to you? I think that does seem right to me. Um, a lot of the folks that I, you know, that I talk to, um, you know, think quite highly of the congresswoman. Um, you know, and I've heard similar rumblings, um, you know, throughout. So it does, it does seem to fit with some of the the rumor mills and the whisper campaigns that I've heard. Um, but you know, in the terms of primaries, it's still early. A lot can still can still happen between now and June. We're talking to Tony Reese. He is a, in fact, Republican political consultant and uh you know it's interesting because in south dakota much like some other you know sparsely populated states with small media markets we don't get as much independent polling so we tend to grab onto some of this stuff that you see maybe more than if you were in a, a bigger metro area where there's a wider array of polling maybe going on because you're, you're not going to see any independent media outlets or anything like that releasing polling information in a Republican primary in South Dakota. No, I would I would say that that's uh that that's probably true and even looking into the general too, you know, we're not a purple state, we're not, you mm-hmm. know, like in Iowa or Minnesota where the political parties are teetering on a margin. Um, you know, so independent organizations uh, coming in uh, and doing a big public poll on who's favorable to win in November on the governor of Syria is likely just isn't gonna gonna happen so you're I think you're right you know when we see things like this even if we're not familiar with with who's conducting it or we don't know have a lot of background information on it we do tend to sort of hang on to it and see if it either you know confirms our our thoughts and feelings or or revs up the mm-hmm. uh, the other side to uh to work twice as hard as they are now Back in the old days when I was in the uh, uh, newspaper business, we spent a lot of time talking about polls and vetting polls. And I always wanted to do, and we did uh, different organizations I worked for, we did different polling. And here I always wanted to do a quarterly regular poll on, so you could track a bunch of basic information, whether it's approval ratings or what have you, and not just candidates, but issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, or when issues come up and go away, um, because that, I mean, it really is fascinating and it's too bad. We really don't have anything like that. No, I would state. agree with you. I mean, that, that information, just tracking the public's pulse on things is just, uh, it's absolutely fascinating to, to get down into, to read and, you know, you can start you, you know, using it to kind of do some predictive modeling on, you know, what, might be coming down the pike, not only in terms of politics, but, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, economic development issues right. might the public be interested in more likely to support. Or just what what issues, what topics are influencing their thinking at mm-hmm. this time, right? whether it's the economy or crime or what have you. And it's fascinating stuff, and we just, we, we don't get any of that. No. Are there even any local polling firms around anymore? Um a few years ago, there was one that was Nielsen Brothers polling. Yep. I don't yep. know if they're. I haven't heard anything from them. I don't know around. if they're still going. Um, you know, I think they they did a couple of public polls uh, during. Uh, I think they did one during the event center campaign, 
and then I think they did one in the election mm-hmm. cycle after that, and maybe another one on a ballot issue. Um, but I haven't seen too much from them. Yeah, uh, it's tough in the past past year or so. So campaigns will go where to get their polling because they're all any big campaign is polling. There's right. polling in the mayor's race. Yeah, by by camps. Where do they go? Uh, they, you know, go to a, a DC or a, a regional or a nationally known mm-hmm. uh, polling firm. Uh, you know, people who know how to write a, a political poll and have worked in the state. I mean, there there are national pollsters who are polling all the time here in the state. Um, that you know, candidates are relying on them and hire them to do their do their polling and make sure that they understand and, and have got that pulse of the uh because you don't want a pollster that just tells you what you want to hear that the, the the tough thing is to find somebody who will really figure out where your campaign is where it's resonating and where it's not absolutely yeah and a, a good pollster is invaluable they, they come at a price but it's it's well it's well worth it um you know when you you need to know and make sure that you're staying on the trajectory that you you think that you need to be on or or riding the mm-hmm. ship if you get a little bit off course. Cheap pollsters like a cheap suit. You got one, but you really don't look that good. <laughs> I just that's you can use that. Yeah, you can I will. I, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come right back after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters and continue our conversation with Tony Reese, Republican political consultant. We got a lot of other stuff to cover, so stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And that is uh, Marie and Lepanto on the Patrick Lally Show. Lepanto. And I, I play this a little longer than I normally would. It's a song called Inverness because they're playing tomorrow night. Uh, it's uh, at the White Wall Session studio. But I don't believe it's a White Wall Session. I just think they're playing there over at the uh, east, uh, east Side, East 10th Street, Last Stop CD Shop in the studio there. And you can go. And they're, they're pretty good, so I just wanted to tell you about them. It's something you can do tomorrow night. Let's give a listen here. And they've done a little work with uh, uh, our hometown record label, Different Folk Records. So Andy Shaw and the guys are bringing those guys in. So if you want looking for something to do tomorrow night, go over to Last Stop CD Shop, the White Wall Studio in the basement there, and uh, hang out with us. Show starts at 8. I'm going. You want to go, Tony? We'll see what time I get the kids to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Reese is here. He is, he, he is a Republican uh, political consultant, and we've been chatting about the governor's race in a poll that was released in the Republican primary. But there is another uh, lively primary on the House side. Chantel Krebs, current Secretary of State. Dusty Johnson, former PUC, former chief of staff to the governor, former legislator, right? He's still um, is he ever, I, I think he's still no, was never? He? I don't know. Uh, snake killer. Well, both uh, Chantel Krebs and Dusty Johnson are snake killers. I I might have a little bit more mad respect for uh, Chantel's approach over Dusty's. Uh, you probably saw the video of Dusty taking a dull axe. Yeah. Um, I, I in still... The, in, the, in the dark of night, yeah. where Chantel just <laughs> pulls out her pistol. Wow. <laughs> right on the deck. <laughs> yeah, so this has got fairly famous after Dusty released this video a while back. And I, I can I contend he sat right here, looked me right in the eye and told me it was not in fact staged. No, I, I believe that it wasn't staged. Uh, I, I'm he, I still I mean, I'm very I, I watched the video, you you can't stage that look in his eye uh, <laughs> when he's uh, wielding the, that axe. Is uh, it fear or is it bloodlust? <laughs> it could go be ahead. Make my passion. day. It's passion. Yeah, That's what passion. It is. We just had a little Clint Eastwood uh, in the background. There you go. Um, 
the uh, uh, but the house race now enter a third person, Neil Tapio, who we've have states, yet to establish if he's killed a rattlesnake. Yeah, we uh, have not seen any campaign. video of him taking life, but um, <laughs> whoops, I of a rattlesnake, of a rattlesnake. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but he did get on the ballot. He did get on the ballot, and I didn't think he was serious about running. I don't know why. I just didn't think he was serious. But he is. He's on the ballot. What do you think of this three-way race? Just give us the lay of the land here, Tony. What does it mean for Tapio to get into this race with two pretty well-established mainstream Republican candidates? Well, I think the uh, Lincoln Day dinner circuit gets far more interesting um, with with the three because I, I think Tapio is certainly coming at it from a, you know, a different angle than um, if it was just a race between Dusty and Chantel. I think of a race between Dusty and Chantel, you'd be hearing a little bit more of the sort of the Chamber of Commerce uh, uh, issues um, that South Dakota and uh, Republican voters like to take a look at. I think with, with Tapio, you get a little bit more of the social conservative side of things. Um, and, you know, he's got a, um, likes to talk a lot about, um, you know, one of the, the third Abrahamic religion, Islam, a lot. And, and, and so I think that 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 angle is going to play a little bit more, I think, into the actual debate. How how it all shakes down, I you know, I don't know how much support among Republican primary voters there are uh, for that kind of message or for uh, or for Senator Tapio. Uh, my gut still tells me that it's a race between between Chantel Krebs and Dusty Johnson. Um, and quite frankly, I think that uh, the issues that the voters, especially in this state, are going to care about and want to hear from their congressional uh, candidates on trade issues, quite frankly. Um, you know, we've got, um, you, know, you know, almost a trade war going on. We're, we're going to talk about that here we're, in a minute. We're, we're, gonna ra- we're raising <laughs> tariffs against China uh, every, uh, every day, it seems, and they... But that's, if, if t- here's the thing, though, if Tapio is in there, he is not afraid to, um, hijack is a little bit strong of a word, I don't mean... But he's not afraid to make every question about Sharia law and the encroaching horde of Islam that's coming over the horizon. And how do the other two candidates deal with that uh, in any sort of Lincoln Day dinner situation or uh, I don't know how many public debates there'll be in a Republican House primary. There'll be some. Um, Are they in danger of getting just drug down into this issue when they really don't want to talk about this. I think I think they should just stick to their issues, um, Krebs and Johnson, and just sort of you know ignore the Sharia law issues that 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 Tapio brings up. Because, like you said, I mean he's he's not afraid to to go there and to make it seem like it may be a bigger issue than it actually than it actually is. But I think if, if Johnson and Krebs stick to the issues and the issues that are important to South Dakota, you know, things how to revitalize the ag economy, a farm bill, uh, these trade issues that, um, you know, certainly have got the producers in the state a little bit, uh, a little bit worried. Um, well, s- traditional s- Republican t- issues, right. regulation, regulation, taxes, taxes, um, you know, you know, all of that. I think that, uh, if if they stick if those two stick to those issues they'll rise above the fray, um, and then uh, it won't matter. It, it probably won't matter. Um, and I think that you know to to Chantel's credit, you know she is embracing uh, the president a little more than Johnson. I think if she mm-hmm. continues to do that through regulatory reform and and taxes, I think that uh, you know she will end up doing quite well in June. 
Tapio was the Trump campaign manager in South Dakota. Can he claim that flag? Can, he, can I, she take that away from him if he did that? I think so. I think that I think could because I I think that Tapio's grasping onto the wrong issue as to why South Dakota supported Trump for mm-hmm. president. Okay. I think he's kind of holding on to the wrong issue. If he was to if he was to use that title and talk about regulation reform, tax reform, all of that, that would be a completely different race where you might have a nominee who ends up with 35% of the primary vote. I don't think I've ever heard him say anything about those issues, but that's because I don't spend a lot of time with him. Uh, We are going to come right back and talk more with Tony Reese about uh, issues that are important to the state of South Dakota and how they will play in the election. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 445 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Jesus don't cry. I just like that first line from uh, Wilco. Jesus. Um, we are here with Tony Reese. He is a Republican political consultant. We went through the governor's primary. Uh, we started with cotton candy. As you naturally do on a Friday. Yeah, because as, as always should be noted, uh, Tony Reese, Republican political consultant, sweater advocate, and cotton candy aficionado. So uh, we went through cotton candy. We went through sweaters. Uh, we did the governor's race in the Republican primary. We talked about the House race. Here's my question, and it, it is, it's honestly something I just don't understand. So the tariffs are ratcheting up, right? Nothing has been done yet. No shots have been fired. This is just saber rattling, right? Right. In the, in the tariff war with China. China. And, China. Uh, <laughs> and... But I, I don't sense any, uh, I'm not getting a sense of alarm from the delegation or candidates who want to be in those jobs about what a 25% tariff on corn and soybeans means for South Dakota, which as I understand it, is a pretty big deal because China is our third, buys a third of all our soybeans. One third of all soybeans is that right? Is it one-third or one-fifth? It's a lot. It's goes a lot of soybeans. Ch- goes to China. Yeah. If they tariff our soybeans, we're not going to sell as much soybeans, right? That'd be true, I would assume. This uh, seems like a I very mean, bad I'm not, idea. I'm not, a, I'm not a global economist. Uh, I'm not an international trade expert. No, but, I'm just listening would, to people. But I would I would imagine that, uh, you know, once, I mean, the laws of economics go up, once you raise the price on a product or do you do business someplace, it's a barrier to entry. And the sale of that product is, you know, going to go down. That's why a tobacco tax is twofold. You know, you're you're hopefully raising money like we mm-hmm. raised the tobacco tax here for smoking cessation. But as the price of cigarettes goes up, more people are going to be unable to afford to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you but know. we're not trying to get people off. Soybeans. No, I know we're not trying we're to trying be, to I'm, hook them on soybeans. Oh, I, no, I know, I know, I know. And I'm just saying. So I don't, I don't see how, how you know, um, you know, people can, you know. I'm just trying to explain that, you know, yeah. it would be how it would work from somebody who's not a global economist or an international trade expert. That's my logic and how I see it is, you know, if China's going to raise the price to do business with them, we're going to be doing less business with them on uh, on ag products. And I get the sense from our delegation that they're, you know, oh, we're very concerned and we're communicating that to the administration and that that, you know, maybe there's something we all just don't know about the genius of this trade strategy to yeah, get in this crazy, fight with this the stable genius of the trade strategy. stable genius of the trade <laughs> strategy it could all work out 
I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to work out, but if there, if these tariffs go into place, we're going to take a hit. There, I mean, there's, there's no question about it. It's on corn, soybeans, pork, and beef. Yeah, that's, that's what a, we. That, that is. That's what okay. we do. People, and I said this yesterday on the, or maybe two days ago on the show. We keep talking about uh, we don't make anything anymore in this country. Yes, we do. We make corn, soybeans, pigs, and cows, cattle. Yeah. We make that here. So you're going to sacrifice, you're going to try and revive Youngstown, Youngstown, Ohio in some flight of fancy and, you know, put a serious hit on something that's doing pretty well. Am, am I missing something, Tony? No, I don't think you're missing something. I, I, I've never really liked the, you know, the argument that you, that you just made, oh, let's do something that's going to benefit Youngstown, but at, at the detriment of us. I don't think anybody's thought us to do it at the detriment of any part of the economy. Um, and certainly on some of these, you know, trade deals that, you know, we see that, you know, it helps one sector of the economy, one part of the country, and one state in particular, like South Dakota, um, you know, but, you know, Ohio may be hurt, and they've been hurting for a long time in the steel industry and the manufacturing. Um, so it's just a, it's a difficult and, and tricky and a sticky situation that, that uh, I think we're, we're kind of finding ourselves in, and I think people are still, you know, kind of hopeful. You know, we elected a gentleman who prides himself on his negotiating tactics, and we've seen some of it work. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw, you know, the saber rattling between North Korea. North Korea now wants to come to the table and talk peace, I believe. I mean, they're they're actually reaching out now to the South Koreans. We haven't seen that in a long, long, no, long time. No, that's right. Um, and so I don't— You could— th- th- This, for whatever this reason, could work, yeah. it right? Could. It, it could. could work. My fear is—you got China. Is it 1.6? 1.6 billion people? Yeah. You know, they can turn in on them. They, they are really good— at circling the wagons and turning in on themselves because they can control everything. We can't because we're actually a free and open market. We get to buy whatever we want. Uh, I worry that we're, we're ill-equipped for that. But, I, you know, again, I'm not an economist. I'm just worried about South Dakota. Yeah, no, and it's, it's, good, to, it's good to worry about South Dakota. We should all be worried about what our economy here in the state is, is going to do because certainly with ag being such a – the prevalent factor um, here that, uh, you know, when the ag economy goes down and slows down, as we've seen, it kind of trickles down into stuff. Even in Sioux Falls, ag is still a big player in the local economy of Sioux Falls. Um, so we should all Absolutely. be, we should all be concerned about, um, you know, any kind of policies that might adversely affect agriculture. Do you think that is, do you think this can be a, a, a legitimately, or a, not a legitimate, but a big issue in the, particularly the house race? I think it should be, um, and I, you know, I haven't gone to really any uh, Lincoln Day dinners this this year. So you got to get out more. I I do have to get out more. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I rely I, on you for I, my. I know. I, my I, mole. I, I, I had a I had a baby six weeks ago. Oh, and that's so, right. Congratulations you know, on that. Yeah, thank you. You look remarkably uh, well rested. Thank for you. I appreciate having that. your second child. <laughs> um, so it, it's tough to get the uh, to get on the circuit. Um, mm-hmm. Like you used to. Like I used to. Yeah. Uh, or you will when you're, you know, retired like a lot of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Maybe <laughs> I'll become a, an opening act. Uh, warm the crowd up a little Rodney Dangerfield style. So if you're, your advice to, if you were consulting with one of the House candidates, for instance, what would be your advice on how to approach uh, the tariff and trade issue? Um, I would probably tell them to sort of follow 
the lead of the uh, of what the delig the federal delegation is currently doing, expressing concern and a willingness to address those issues with the president and to negotiate uh, better trade deals in, in good faith with our trading partners around the world. Because one thing that I think that in the age of President Trump that we certainly don't want to see happen is when um, nobody wants the Twitter sites on them um, in the age of Trump. Because That's right. That can that can. They can bring something down very, very quickly and is, rapidly. So I think... Is that harming discourse, though? I mean, even amongst Republicans. Because you can have differences of opinion on trade policy. It's okay. Yeah, it is, it, it, it is okay. I, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's harming discourse among, among Republicans. I think that it, if, if anything, it's, it, it's maybe helping to have a, a bigger, broader national conversation on some of these issues that we just might not have ever had a conversation on, um, you know, tariffs and trade and renegotiating mm -hmm. trade and bringing up some of the issues that, that I think that a lot of folks aren't paying attention to. Well, yeah, we talked about corn and soybeans and steel, but there are also issues related to uh, patent protection. Yep. Intellectual and those are real rights. issues. And those are very real issues yep. because, yeah, we might not build as much here, but we innovate everything for yep. the globe here. That's right. Um, next time, we're going to uh, do a primer. We'll do about 45 minutes on Smoot-Hawley. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Smoot-Hawley 2018. Yeah. <laughs> anyone? Anyone? Uh, Tony, thanks for coming by. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, this was Tony Reese. He is a Republican political consultant and uh, frequent guest on this program, and we always like having him here. We're going to come right back and finish up on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Rally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and I just want to remind you of a few cool things that you can do this weekend. First of all, tonight's First Friday downtown. Don't forget that. That's always a good time. Tomorrow night, the Bash for Cash. Talked about it earlier. That's at the Shrine with Arlie's All Stars, the Massive Attack Brass Horns, and the Head Brothers. Fundraiser for the Eva Sanford Breast Foundation. Twenty bucks at the door. Six thirty. That opens. Seven thirty. Music and. Also tomorrow night at the White Wall Session Studio on East 10th Street in the Last Stop CD Shop, Marie and Lepanto. That's eight. That's two people. Marie and Lepanto. I don't. I'm not saying that right. But uh, they're in town. They're a uh, different folk records deal. I'll see you at that one. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh.